0: Welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast. I'm Lynn Pryor. Co-host is Chris Johnson. We are glad that you're taking these few moments today just to just to spend it with us as we're going to talk through one of the Bible studies that we're doing this summer. Now, Chris and I are not alone. We have Darren Clark with us. Uh, glad you're with us, Darren. Glad to be here. And uh, let me just bring you up to speed on who Darren Clark is. He is our graphic design specialist. who makes He just makes our Bible studies just pop. They stand out good. Uh, and as we talked, if you were with us on our previous session, how he doesn't just pick a pretty picture. He looks at it in terms of what does the text say? What does the scripture say? And the pictures and the graphics that are chosen just really help. For me, Darren, they help the session come alive. But there's another reason I'm especially glad you're with us for this particular session, uh, as we as we get into Ephesians 6. But uh, Darren leads a Bible study group. Now, remind me,
1: Darren, it's 11th
0: graders.
1: 11th-, 11th grade guys. Yep.
0: Wow, that takes a special uh, a special calling to work with 11th grade
1: <laughs> It sure does. There's been a few times that I'm like, what am I doing?
0: Now you have you
1: have <laughs> your sons. One of, you, one of your sons is in that group, right? Is he a junior? No, actually, no, he, um, I have one, my, my, my second son is a senior this year, so he's ahead of me. And so I, that's one of the things I've always not, I've tried to avoid doing is teaching one of their groups. Um, uh, except when, except when they're younger, when they're in the middle school or like younger grade school, um, I would do that, but high school, I want to have them let them have their space. So there you <laughs> go. Away. Yeah. That's good.
2: So we are talking today about spiritual warfare and, uh, the, classic passages out of Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 and following uh, Darren, you recently uh, spoke to at a at a youth camp and used some of this uh, text is that correct
1: yeah that's right we the theme of the camp that year was um, spiritual warfare and so it was Ephesians 6 that obviously was a focus passage and it was it's always it's, for some reason it, it's not just this that camp was not you know the only time that I've really been drawn to this or have used it. It's like, for some reason, this, ever since I became a Christian, there's something that's always intrigued me with this, the concept of uh, spiritual warfare. And, and so I've, I've really um, explored it in many different ways and just, have always been curious because it just, the way we'll talk about it, like how, what it looks like, how it plays out is, just, is powerful to me. So I, I, I'm really fascinated by this. So in the, um,
2: Beginning of our session, we always try to ask an icebreaker to get things going, and so the question this week is: When have you been caught by surprise? Uh, the image that uh, is in the that I'm looking at is is a obvious a, obviously a surprise party, and, and that gives people a chance to talk about experiences that they've had uh, like that. But then, the, in the Bible meets life segment, the author Chris James tells about a friend who put his house on the market. And when they did a home inspection, they discovered that something that they had not seen caught them by surprise. Uh, they had cleaned up the house, painted it, painted it, put it in good condition. But when its home inspection was done, they found out that they had uh, a termite issue and foundation problems. So that's a different way to be caught by surprise. And I think the, el- the element of this that's interesting to me is when we talk about spiritual warfare, a lot of the times we're talking about the unseen, things that mm. aren't always uh, clear to to our eye from a visible perspective, that are are happening um, in spiritual attack, and uh, I think this lesson is timely uh, for a lot of people who may be dealing with spiritual warfare in their lives.
0: And, and Chris, this I'm going to just say it. The sad part of this is a lot of people don't want to talk about this. Uh, because they they want to stay kind of hidden, and they just want to focus on the peace, love, and joy of. Christ, which is valid, but there is a warfare side to this as well that we shouldn't ignore. Just like a friend, uh, Chris James's friend, he can't ignore the termite issue. Even though you it's, don't see it,
2: yeah, it's there. <laughs> it's got to be dealt
0: with, right? And so Paul just he just jumps us right into this because uh, as he closes the book of Ephesians, where he just he, he reminds us in no uncertain terms, it's a battle. Be strengthened by the Lord and by His vast strength. Why? He says, put on the full armor of God so that you can
1: stand against the schemes of the devil. You know what I love about that passage is, and this is going to sound, maybe it'll sound weird, but I've really learned to love the, so that in scripture. Cause mm. to me, it's like, it's so practical. It's like, and it's so like, do this so that, this happens. And so to me, that's what I love about God. And the, the scriptures are, again, some people want to say that like this, they're so, you know, hard to understand. This and that. it's like, if you read it for yourself, usually it's pretty simple. The things that really matter. It's like, cause God just lays it out. It's like, here, do this so that, you know, this will happen. And th- this is this whole, so that um, is powerful as far as you know, what we're up against as far as the, you know, the, the schemes and everything of the devil.
0: Right, he kind of repeats that again in verse 13. Uh, Take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take
1: your stand. It's a promise, isn't it, though? I mean, do you guys see that as a promise? If you do this, God says, do this so that. So it's kind of like that's a promise of God. If you do these things, then you will, like it says right here, you will be able to stand, right? So it's action. So as we talk about this in our in our groups, what what we,
0: the big thing we want to catch here as we look at these first few verses is we're in a battle. I mean that's we we can't ignore that fact. Then you move into verses fourteen through seventeen, where now we we get more into the details about the spiritual armor.
2: Lynn, before we before we go there, and I, I I'm anxious to get there as well, but I want again that reminder, verse twelve our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the cosmic powers of this darkness against evil spiritual forces in the heavens so that's that element of unseen and i think that that's um i think that's why it's so important that we talk about spiritual warfare because we're bringing to light something that maybe is invisible to people and helping them to understand that the reason you need to put on the full armor of God, the reason you need to stand against the schemes of the devil is you're not always prepared. You're not always aware that they're out there. And uh, so, so we put on the armor so that we can resist and stand firm. So all of that's important. Now, let me let you get back to the, uh, the specific elements of the armor.
0: Well, that's fine, Chris. And I'm not going to just, as he lays out the armor, uh, you see that there, he gives us this armor that it's with it. God supplies his protection. He supplies what we need. And with that comes his power, but we do not go into spiritual battle alone.
2: Darren, are some are there some visual elements that come into play when you <laughs> when you read these elements of the uh, armor of God?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, you, you look at the the Roman armor and everything like that, which is right there. But I mean, if, if you guys will indulge me, I got a story that I could tell you that is that is that where this verse came alive. This is just one of these verses at one one point in my in my life, in my marriage, that just like this is it um we've been married seven years and um you know we had gone through some struggles and i was definitely growing in the lord but i was also like you know still holding out with like different things like pride and some other things and and my wife and i sadly even after we at this point we'd have a, had a couple kids um we almost got to the point where we were roommates i mean we we laugh about it now um but we look back and it's like we got to this point where we're almost as roommates where we kind of just got numb and but we were doing the, we were just doing a lot of tit for tat, a lot of back and forth, a lot of one upping and stuff like that. And but here we are, we're Christians, we're in the church, and putting on the, you know the, you know the the image and everything. But there's one night that we're standing at the end of our bed, just having this this argument. It wasn't it wasn't even a major one, but just like again this tit for tat stuff. And all of a sudden it was this this, this moment where I just felt like God just pulled me out of that situation, and just made me look at us. And he just, he said to me, he's like, "Do you love her?" And when he said that. It, it completely melted my heart. Cause I saw her through his eyes. And then when I, when I, when that hit me, when I felt that and I and I realized what was going on and how I was treating her, um, it broke me. But then what he said next was, she is not the enemy. And it's almost like he took his finger and just turned my head and pointed. Wow. It was like, that's the, that's the enemy. <laughs> he is the one who was trying to divide and destroy your marriage. He's the enemy. She is not. And that was a turning point for us in our marriage where, um, you know, I mean, it just, it just, it, that's why I say, I said before, it just kind of opened my eyes to this whole spiritual warfare thing because it's real, you know, and if we don't pay attention to it, then, then we easily will not stand. Like it says, if you don't do these things, you will not be able to stand. You'll fall. Um, and so it's, it was, that whole passage is powerful to me in that respect.
2: Wow. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate you sharing that, that very personal, um, Uh, story of your experience with your wife in in the realm of spiritual
0: warfare yeah i'd be curious i think a good interesting point as we unpack the the pieces of the armor which is what we tend to like to do in group discussions is to see which one of these that we tend to especially resonate with and i don't say that in the sense of one is more important than the other but you know, how it's sometimes in our, where we are in our walk with Christ at that moment, that this particular piece of armor, knowing that I have that breastplate, that righteousness that's around me, there's those moments in my life that was particularly meaningful for me, are to know that I need the sword of the Spirit to, uh, to stand strong. Uh, and I, I think there's points like that in all of our lives where there's a certain point where this, this piece of armor is not more important but, boy, it's just really helping me right now.
2: I think uh, in the media and entertainment world gives us uh, ways to cause these uh, different elements to come to light as well. Kind of, You know, Gladiator plays all the time and uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones and other things like that. There's opportunities for us to maybe help people to connect with these pieces of armor because they've seen them uh, on movies or television.
0: Right. And and perhaps you have heard uh, people, preachers uh, talk about the armor and make a note that the, the armor is all on the front side of us, that there's nothing to protect our backside. In other words, you know, they make the comment. Yeah. Don't run away. You're not running away. You're standing your ground. Uh, And that may be valid, uh, but Chris, there's another side I see to this is, as I wear this armor, I'm not in this battle alone. Yes, His Holy Spirit is with me, but we're standing together. And as I understand the context of how the soldiers often fought, they fought like, in a sense, back to back. They were defending and helping each other to stand. And that's what
2: happens in church. That's what happens in groups. That's That's why we need the church.
0: We need each other. We stand strong with God's armor, but we stand together. We support each
1: other. Good work. Well, that's like the, the, you know, it's like the whole idea you're talking about, like with the, with the weak side being our backside. Um, just like when you talk about, I mean, just think of us as humans where we, we are definitely not going to have it all perfectly, you know, in balance at all times. Sometimes we might have a blind spot that we're not even aware of. And, but yet our brother might be able to see it. And then we talked about in our previous episode where we edify each other. We, if we can speak into each other's lives where we see a blind spot that we can speak in and that'll help then, you know, strengthen each other in that way. And that's where to me, I was like, that's why I kind of love that there is, it's not completely covered because we like Christy said, we need each other in order to be stronger. Sure. A good question.
0: I think for us to talk about when you talk with other believers in your Bible study group, you read this passage and to think, okay, so what is my role in the spiritual battle? just to kind of talk about what does that mean my job is to be prepared to be diligent uh, put on the armor God provides so I stress and again he provides for our protection he gives us the power we need to do it
2: so part of what we do is found in the next passage pray at all times in the spirit Uh, stay alert with uh, perseverance and intercession for all the saints and then he asks them specifically to pray for him as, as the ambassador in change, pray that I will be bold to speak as I should. Man, if we're praying for each other in the spirit, if we're praying for each other for those kind of things, I think it changes us, and I think it changes our group.
0: Yeah, Chris, um, you've led many, probably countless prayer meetings like I have, and we do this in our Bible study groups. We have a prayer time, and we should. And I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for people who are sick, okay? Don't hear me say that. That's important. But it seems to me that 98.3% of all our requests are about someone who's sick. Again, those are important needs. But this idea, Paul, here is got to pray for each other because we're in a battle. And uh, that we pray at all times. We pray in the Spirit. That we pray because we're in a spiritual battle. Uh, I, I just wish we would remind ourselves of that as we pray that we really do need each other in in this battle.
1: Yeah, that's really that's huge for like my eleventh grade guys that I teach. I've been with them for about three years now, and as I've gotten to grow with them and know them more and more, you know, obviously sometimes it takes time to for people to kind of open up and have some real honest um, prayer requests. But one of the things we go back to over and over is, is the, um, the importance of, like you said, having somebody that's praying for us. Um, but especially like with things like pornography, these guys struggle with it all the time. It's, it's terrible. And we talk about how it is probably one of the number one tools that Satan uses for these young guys in order to get them, um, torn down, um, you know, addicted, all this kind of stuff, all the negative stuff that falls out from, from that kind of stuff. But, I tell them all the time, you've got you've got to have somebody that you can be accountable to, uh, with. You got to have somebody that you can go to to that when you're in that temptation, um, that you're not going to follow through with it. Um, and so it's huge that. And I've heard then stories as they finally got to the point to where they're like they're honest about it and, and talk about like prayer requests. It's like when they op when they open up and say, "Pray for me because I'm struggling" or whatever. Whether it's through a text or if it's in a group, you know, it just number one. Being, like you are saying, being honest about those kind of prayer requests, um, that light that that helps other people come out of that bondage and that darkness. I had, a, I think, uh, this
2: passage. Go ahead, Liv.
0: Well, I had a, a Bible study uh, one year as we came to time for prayer requests, uh, kind of down that same road there, and it wasn't around pornography, but a young lady just, uh, you know, t- it was the typical, you know, we pray for our, uh, I need a job praying for someone's not well and finally she just opened up and said i'm just really struggling in this one area and it was a spiritual matter and no one had ever in our group this was a fairly new group had ever said anything like that and right next to her was another young lady who said wow thank you i didn't know others struggled with that that was a turning point in our group because in that sense of i need you to pray for me in this spiritual matter and it opened the door, Darren, just as you said, for others to admit those areas too. Okay, now we pray together for each other. I'm not alone in this.
2: So I think that this this scripture passage can be that bridge to help us to lead our group, to have those kind of conversations, and to pray for each other for spiritual struggles and spiritual things. So all of the things that you guys just discussed can become a reality when we use this, verses 18 through 20, as a a springboard into how can we pray for each other regarding spiritual concerns.
0: Hey, hey Chris, and um, as I think about that, let me just give a practical tip here, if I may. Now, we are, for most of us, this is our last Bible study in the summer. And when this is over, we're going to recycle those books. We're going to send them wherever. But in the front of your book is four pages Uh, Your personal study guide for your leaders, it's in your leader guide. There are four blank, I say blank pages, it's for prayer requests. So next week, as you jump in and start a new Bible study, as you get into the study on the Ten Commandments with Tony Evans, remember there are four pages in the front of your book that as you share your prayer request, go ahead and mention the health needs. But notice those areas where we need to pray for each other spiritually. Now, I know you can use anything to write your request on, but the beauty of the reason we put those pages there is so the next time your Bible study group gets together and you've got your book in front of you, those requests from last week are still there and you can hey, how you doing with this? How can we keep praying for you in this area? It's a reminder to pray and it reminds us and we can keep building on that so over, the three months we're in that book together, we can, we can build on those requests. We can see how God answered and to see how God is using us to help each other stand strong. So I just, just offer that. It's in your book. I hope you'll take advantage of that.
2: All right. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Darren, for being with us today.
1: Well, Thanks for having me
2: guys. We appreciate your insights into the Ephesians 6 passage and your experiences there. Thanks for sharing your personal story. And hopefully, you'll come back and be with us in another uh, podcast. We want to thank those of you who listen to the podcast for tuning in this week. Uh, We are fully aware that you are involved in spiritual warfare and that uh, we want to benefit you. We do these podcasts. Uh, for your help, for your strengthening and edification. And uh, we just thank you for listening and hope that you'll encourage others to possibly listen as well. And again, thank you for being a part of the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast.